When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, what a goal! Danny Alley! King Goose! Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. I've got to say to you, a bit more of a quieter last word on Spurs this week. I think last week tested marriages, tested relationships, tested friendships. But let's say we are here uh, back during the international break talking all things Tottenham Hotspur. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Audio Boom, across a range of different audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter, at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram, too. And as you know by now, for better or for worse, we are live on YouTube. And I've got three great guests returning to the Last Word on Spurs. Let's go top right to start with. We've been trying to get her back on for, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here, two, three months. So delighted to finally have back in the house, on the decks, we've got the brilliant DJ Amy Lauren joining us. Amy? <laughs> How are you? Lovely to have you back. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Lovely to finally get you back on. I know it's been so long, so thank you so much for joining us. That's all right. Yeah, well long overdue, but I'm looking forward to the chat, so yeah, it's yeah. been good. I mean, all joking aside, I know we had you scheduled to come on a couple of months ago, but I think to be fair at that time, I think it was worth saving you to come on, right, with what we've gone through the last couple of weeks. I think everyone yeah. now is very excited. I can tell you, you know, just generally now, um, trying to get people to come and talk about Nuno, was so difficult. Now Conte's in charge. We're getting bombarded by requests. This is always the way, right? Spurs. <laughs> you never know what is around the corner. Uh, Nikki, they said, if you're listening for the first time, where have you been? You're right, Nikki. Where have these people been? Um, delighted to also be welcoming back to the show. We spoke to him. I want to say just before the Man City game, where um, again, as Spurs fans, a new manager coming in, fairly optimistic. How ironic! The next time he's on, we've got a new manager. Great to have Adam Osper back on with us. Ads, lovely to have you here. How are you and how's the family? All good, all good. Thanks for having me back. Uh, hopefully the next time it is not another managerial appointment. 
We hope not, mate. I tell you what, you know, it's not your fault, but you know, you could make it up, could you? Hopefully not. Fair enough. No, we're know. only in November. <laughs> You've been on twice about two different managers, and listen, um, you can't it's make good, it up. And good also, timing now, though. Good, good timing now. Exactly, mate. Listen, everyone loves coming back on now. And uh, finally, last but certainly not least, we've got the brilliant Anthula back on our channel. We've been trying to get Anthula on again. Uh, scheduled a couple of months ago. Finally, got her back on. Of course, Anthula, part also of the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. Anthula, how are you? Lovely to have you here. I'm just going to unmute Anthony so we can hear her. Yep. I'm good, thank you. Um, thanks for having me back. Uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? Um, last it time been... I spoke to you, I think, was when we hired Nuno. So. Yeah, it was Nuno Ball. It, it, well, I'd say Nuno Ball, depending on how you want to phrase Nuno Ball. I mean, we, we are going to probably come on to that to start with. Um, because I will say, like I say, during this uh, show, we're going to be discussing a little bit of Nuno, um, the Conte era and what that holds for us. And of course, um, a, a hopefully a very, very bright future ahead. And um, only one place to start, Anthony. You brought him up, so we'll go to you. I mean, it's been a crazy, chaotic week as a Spurs fan. You know that as well as me. Um, this time last week, we was on the verge of appointing Antonio Conte. One week on, it feels like so much has happened already. The dressing room are in love again with the manager. But finally, just to go go back on Nuno, for you, um, was he given enough time? Was it right that we allowed Nuno to go at the time we did? Yeah, I mean, I said to you the last time on the show that I wasn't very convinced that he was the right signing. I wasn't very convinced that he was, I mean, not even third choice for for the club, to be honest. Um, that was a calamity of of, of errors in, um, in the summer, wasn't it, trying to get a manager in. So I think he was given time. You could see, like, during the game that he didn't really have much of a plan, wasn't really making subs when he needed subs. Um, and I think he felt, bless him, a little bit out of his depth. I think he... I don't know. I feel like he might have been like happy to go, potentially. Um, so yeah, I think he was given given enough time, to be honest. Do you know what? It's it's ironic, isn't it? Because um I think even towards the yeah, end, Nuno's face, I think even he wasn't fancying it. I mean, let, let's come over to you, Ads, because um, you know what? When we saw the actual statement Spurs put out in terms of the kind of profile manager they were looking for, and I will read that again, you know, we shall focus on the recruitment of a new head coach. We are acutely aware of the need to select someone whose values reflect those of our great club and return back to playing football with the style for which we are known, free-flowing, attacking and entertaining. And I don't think we could get anybody as more opposite to that in Nuno. And I, I, you know, I have to say this. I know um, apparently that Instagram thing that came out was actually not Nuno's own words. And that was, again, um, from what we understand, plagiarised. And it wasn't him. But I actually do feel, in a way, he was a gentleman. And I'm sad for him personally. It didn't work out. But as we, I think many have now said, probably wrong, <laughs> completely wrong type of manager for where Tottenham wanted to go. Was there any doubt in your mind, Ad, when you look at the fact that Spurs, they failed to have a single shot on target in that home game uh, for the first time since that final defeat against Liverpool 2013? Nine goals in 10 games. And you've got the likes of Son, Kane, Mora, Bergvine, Deli Alley. Could he have stayed in your opinion any longer than what he had to do, Ed? We're going to unmute Ed's. Thanks. Um, I think, you know, I, um, I, I think he, you know, if, if you look back at it now, I think he was just like, um, he was almost just like a dead man walking the whole time. It, you know, looking back at it now, it feels like actually, obviously they messed up loads in the summer in in what they were trying to do. They tried to get Conte, it didn't happen. They got desperate. He was available, and and now it just felt like he was there until they could find somebody better or who they wanted. And probably looking back at it a bit, you could probably see that in the performances of the players. Maybe people knew that, and you know, I feel sorry for him a bit because it it's a massive job on its own. And then he had to come in with that whole Kane drama that was going on as well and deal with all of that. 
But I think, you know, the biggest thing for me watching it was you sort of watched it and thought, what are they trying to do from an attacking point of view? They didn't, there was no pattern. There was no, they would just sort of get the ball and nothing would happen. You know, there was no organisational pattern of play. And, you know, it's one of those, isn't it, where you think you could give him time, what are you going to do, give him another five games and it stays the same or gets worse. And then chasing your tail, whereas to act now to get the person, obviously, Conte in, when you're not that far off, um, you know, you're not that far off the top four and stuff like that is 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 definitely the right thing to do. Yeah, uh, Ames, it's come around to you. Um, I think it's fair to say, um, you know, I say when we're trying to get you on, um, the kind of vibrant, such a positive person you are, I think trying to bring you on during that Nuno period would have finished us all off. So um, having you on now, and I'd say reflecting back on what's been um, a crazy, chaotic three to four months with Spurs, having, like I say, a manager go in terms of Nuno, for you, was that the right time, the way that reaction was at United game when you're seeing the fans booing the substitution of Lucas Moura, uh, even to the point where you're seeing the you know the board, the, the booing of Daniel Levy as well. Is there any way, in your opinion, that Nuno could have kept his job? No, I agree with literally what everybody's just said. Like, I think he's a really lovely guy, but he obviously wasn't the first choice, <laughs> whatever choice he was. So I feel like it was. It must have been hard for him because to be offered like a once in a life, like, lifetime job, which it is, obviously he was going to take it, but it was always going to be so much pressure. And you can obviously tell like the players, like not in a snobby way, but I think they were a little bit disappointed. Like you know, look at look at the history, like who they've had. So you know, like. Yeah, it is a shame, but it, it it didn't work. But I'm pleased that, you know, we cut our losses quite quickly. Like, I hope, obviously, he's OK. Like, he's, he's a lovely bloke. I'm sure he'll go on to be a manager of another good club. Like, But, yeah, he, he wasn't right. Um, But it's, like, yeah, with the fast turnaround, hopefully, like, there's still time to win games <laughs> and get points. So, and, yeah, like you were saying about being positive, it was, it was hard because I wanted to be positive. I wanted it to work for him. But you could, it just wasn't right, was it? It was awful to watch, like, really bad. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It, it was really, really bad. And, you know, it's at a point where, you know, coming around back to you, Anthela, um, you know, many have looked at the board and obviously, like I say, your, your position there with the top muscle supporters trust, and it hasn't been an easy time for you guys in trying to get answers from the club about the direction, where it's going, where it's heading. And um, for you, in a way, I want to ask you now... The fact that they, the club did move as quickly as they did to go and appoint, obviously, Antonio Conte straight after Nuno. Do you still feel the club owed you a response to those questions that came up? Or do you feel, in a way, Conte coming in somehow maybe answers the ambition of where this ball does want to go? Do, do you think this this will event? I mean, it, it does feel to some that this is the last roll of the dice now for Enoch with Antonio Conte. Because when you look at the manager they've been through, from Yol, uh, you know, to Ramos, to AVB, you know, to, you know, you, you go again, Harry Redknapp, and you look back again and what we've had, Pochettino, Mourinho, Nuno. You do wonder, you know, I saw that, you know, that famous line that, um, you know, Daniel Levy, this is 435th chance to get it right. I mean, how many more managers do we need to go through now? Or do you think this is all about now? It has to work for the board. Antonio is the last throw of the dice. It's a good question. Um, I I think they still owe us answers to the questions we asked. I think they're valid questions. I think they're important questions. Um, and I think they should still be held accountable for the last few years, what's been going on at the club. I do think it's a lot, one of the last rolls of the dice, definitely, because, I mean, if they'd got anyone else in, I don't think anyone would be very happy. Conte was is is the last, the last roll of the dice for me, anyway. Um, 
I think it kind of detracts a bit from it because everyone's so happy about it. I think people will kind of hope what Levy's hoping for is probably for him to be let off the hook a bit. Um, but I mean, from a football perspective, he's the best manager we could have got mid-season to replace Nuno. Um, so I'm hoping it works out. And I'm, I'm hoping he wouldn't have signed without any like assurances from the board. But then I can't really say that for sure because we've been here before, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think only time will tell, but I'm really, really happy with the appointment myself. Yeah. Um, I think it was a case of that that Man, Man United game. You know, everyone was booing and shouting and saying, you know, I think people were saying Levy out, right? I wasn't mm, there. Yep. I don't know. Um, but... I think that was him being like, oh, better get rid of the manager, better get rid of the manager, better get another one in. Um, is that that's an easy choice? Is it, Anth, do you look at that? That's the easy easy win here. The manager's got to go. Is that, is that how you look at it? That reaction? Yeah, I think for him, I think it's the best thing for him to kind of detract from the situation, to kind of just get rid of the manager, get a new one in. Um, yep. And who better to get than Conte? To, to cover up the mess so you know but we'll see we'll see how it goes how it, see how it yeah. plays out I'm not going to put any cards no. on the table No of course I, I see where you're coming from I mean, I'll just come round to you because um, I think when you're looking at the squad and this is something that I've always want to bring up because I think a lot of our shows I mean when you listen to our show every week that so many do like say the loyal listeners and loyal audience obviously we're there reviewing or previewing an upcoming game we don't get a chance sometimes to review like this on an international break just where we are in terms of the team, in terms of the direction, in terms of the squad. Um, how much for you, Ed, does the players take responsibility for the last three to four managers? Because some of these players, they've been under, like I said, Pochettino, Mourinho, Nuno, and now Antonio Conte. Some are on their fourth manager right now. Do the players take enough responsibility for the way in which they perform on the pitch? No. <laughs> um, you know, and I and I I think you know I think the appointment of Conte ends any potential player power because you know with Nuno we, you know we knew he'd never managed a big club. Um, you know, Potticino frankly had come to the end of the cycle with that squad and he'd spoken openly about wanting to turn that squad over and refresh it, and it had got stale and he'd got stale. Um with Mourinho, everyone knew what Mourinho was and, and what could happen. And that ended up happening at a much faster rate. I, I don't think there are any excuses now. Obviously, players have to take responsibility for themselves. We don't really know what goes on behind the scenes in training and, and, and so on. But th th there are no excuses now. I think the reality is, I think I think for about three years now, I've sort of looked at the team every week and I think oh, that, that team looks quite good. And then it ends up not being very good. So maybe it's just, you know, maybe the players aren't actually as good as maybe we actually think that they are. You know, I think in the team there are some, you know, glaring problems which haven't been solved. Solved, And Conte, unless he spends some money and buys some players, won't, won't be resolved. You know, we don't have, a, you know, we've never replaced Ericsson. And until we replace him, then creatively we will struggle yeah I mean and just come around to you on that question um I know like I say you, you're back at that Spurs stadium now and great to have you there on the decks um do you feel Ames when you see these managers that kind of come and go at Spurs do the players in your opinion take enough responsibility because um 
I still think you look at the the players we've got in terms of quality now. You know the likes of Romero, Emerson, Hill that came in the summer. You add to that, you know, you got Kane, Son, Hoybier, Lucas Moura, Stephen Bergvine, Deli Ali, Giovanni Lo Celso. You know, I can rattle these <laughs> players off. And do the players, in your opinion, take enough responsibility for what they're doing on the pitch, or do you feel it's just an easy, always an easy traction just to blame the manager? Oh, this is a lot. Like. It's so difficult because, like Adam was saying, like, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Like you want the players to want to play for you, so it's sometimes it's easy to blame the manager, but sometimes it's easy to just say, "Oh, the players aren't aren't playing," and is that because of the manager or whatever? Like, honestly, don't know. Like it was back to what we were saying earlier. Like I feel like they did like Nuno, but maybe for some of them, the respect maybe was never where it needed to be from the beginning. Um, so that can play a factor. Um, I heard that maybe, maybe the, again, I don't know, but apparently some of them were a little bit bored in training, doing like this, like repetitive things with Nuno. So all them things like do affect the way they play. So it's hard, isn't it, to say, you know, because you'd, you'd think like, you know, where Deli Ali's been given chances and stuff like, and other, others to come through and just really show like, you know, I'm here and I want to be in the, in the first team and stuff like. It's just really, it's just really hard to, to see what's going on in, in, in their heads and behind think, closed doors. I think there's a respect thing there, isn't there? I think you know if you a couple of the things that Conte said already about we've got to work harder, fitter. Nuno yeah. said those things as well, but Nuno said those things as well. But actually, when Conte says it, yeah, everyone isn't... everyone's like, okay, I, oh, you know, it's a yeah. different, yeah. yeah, it's a different different level of respect. But should and, should and, that be so right on. though, Adam? This, this is one thing that I do want to ask the question. I'll, I'll ask you as now, we'll come back to Amy as well on this, that what I find staggering is that, you know, we've got players now, the likes of Kane, uh, Regulon, Hoybier, you know, we're going to put our bodies on the line, we're going to fight, but shouldn't that be the minimum requirement for the club, for the badge, regardless of who the manager is? Why should that now matter as to who the manager is? Why shouldn't that be a fundamental thing? For a football club, you're being because, paid by the football club very handsomely, very well. You've got loyal fans that come on and watch you abroad and come, you know, see you home and away every single week. Why isn't that a minimum requirement, regardless of who's in charge? If you if you think about any job, if 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 your manager at work doesn't motivate you and you don't like him and you don't get on with him and he's telling you to do stuff that's fundamentally you disagree with and isn't right, it's going to impact your performance. So if, if Nuno's sending them out tactically and they all know it's wrong or they're not comfortable with it, take the Arsenal game as a prime example where it was an absolute yeah. shambles. It was, yeah. You're yeah. still told... Yeah, I know we don't want to go over this, but you're told to go out in a particular way. So you know in your mind, probably going out, this is wrong and we're going to get... We're going to be in trouble. And then it happens and then everyone like just shrugs. It's very difficult to change, you know... You might want to run around a load and, and give a lot, but if you're getting completely outplayed, it, it impacts you, doesn't it, in your confidence in the same way it would at work? Yeah, Definitely. and that's the thing, isn't it, Anthony? Let's come over to you on that point. You know what, what Ad says there about the way the team were set up tactically. I don't want to, like I say, put all of our listeners and audience back through that again, that Arsenal game, because it was <laughs> utterly horrendous. So I'm, I'm not going to go there, don't worry. But do you think that's the ultimate difference in terms of the person that's speaking, the respect they've got, what they've got in terms of honours to their name, trophies to, like I say, their CV? Ultimately, that's where you are going to hear more um authority from a manager you're going to back them more you're going to give more because of the name in charge and again it goes back to that point as we've said from the very start you know wrong wrong manager wrong time wrong fit and you just feel like the last four months in a way have been a bit wasted why couldn't we move for Conte like that to start and giving him what he wanted 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with Adam. I think it does make a difference. Unfortunately, I mean, it shouldn't be the way, but it is that it is going to make a difference with respect for the manager and who who they are and what they've achieved, and how they come in and speak to the players and their plans. Like Adam said, if they know that they're going to go out and the way they're going to play is completely wrong and they're going to lose, then it's going to be hard. You know, when it happens, how are you going to pick yourself back up? It's like, oh, we know it's happened. We knew that was going to happen. Why? Why then would you fight? Like it's almost like you you know the result before you go out to play, which is so demoralising. Um, so I think, yeah, unfortunately that is the case. Adam's like bang on with that. I think it is going to make a difference who comes in. We saw with um, Mourinho when he came in, there was like a bit of spark, mm. a bit of fight at the beginning. Yeah. Because again, he demanded that respect in the dressing room from the players. Um, I mean, we all know how that worked out. But anyway, um, <laughs> at the beginning, there, at the beginning there was that. But with Nuno, there wasn't any of that. Uh, with yep. with Newman, you just saw it going worse and worse and worse. And worse. It, it, was actually, it was awful to watch. It was quite a yeah. I was like, oh, God. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially, like I say, when you are paying the uh, the highest season ticket prices in the country. And I like, say it's Europa Conference League, Thursday nights against teams that aren't the most attractive. And we're, we're finding it difficult. Ames, um, to come back round to you before, like I say, we do look towards the future, which is only the right thing to do. Um, describe, Ames, your emotions last week. Conte going, uh, sorry, Conte going, definitely not Conte going yet. Uh, Nuno going, just to be, I'm not sacking him already, don't worry, I'm not trying to sack him already. Uh, Nuno going, Conte coming in. What was your emotions like in those 24, 48 hours of Nuno going, Conte coming in? It must have been chaotic, right, for you personally? No, it was a bit of a madness, wasn't it? Because it was like, he needed to go, but yeah. then if, if he hadn't have come in, like, what? What was next? Like, it was quite frightening because it needed to be someone, like we were saying about the whole respect thing. Like, I don't think the players, it's not like they're meaning to do it, but like there is a respect level there. And yeah, it was it was a relief. Like, it was a massive, <laughs> massive relief. But obviously now it's just like, oh, I don't, <laughs> don't want to like speak too soon, but like, I am really hopeful that we can turn it round. Like, yeah. I really am. <laughs> Gotta be right. <laughs> I've, I totally agree. I've, I've never known. I mean, at the moment, Spurs fans so buoyant, so excited about the future to come, and that's where we are going to go next. So, for our listeners on audio, we are going to go for a very quick break. Phoenix Fifty One is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey, from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business: your people enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. We are going to discuss the appointment of Antonio Conte, which is, like I say, um, this time last week, Spurs were on the brink of the ink drawing on that contract to announce it on, like I say, we're now on the Wednesday. Um, let's start with you, Ed. Uh, from what we understand, Antonio Conte has assured Daniel Levy that he's going to try to help the club fight for charity qualification. And he believes part of the rebuild has apparently already been done for Spurs by keeping Harry Kane. We're going to come on to Kane later in the show. But just firstly, Conte coming in, for you as a fan, what is now your expectancy for what Tottenham should be achieving this season? Um, so, so, so just a very quick one where you were talking about how you were feeling. Um, I think I mentioned to you before, you know, I've had a season ticket. I was working, I think, for 27 years. Um, and I've seen some terrible teams in that period. Um, and managers. And, I don't think I've, <laughs> and managers. And I don't think I've ever been as disinterested in Spurs are around the Man U game 
And I don't think that's ever gone such full circle to be more excited because we haven't. Pochettino was obviously amazing and Mourinho was on the way. This is the first real established, absolute top quality prime manager that that we've ever got. Um, You know, realistically, we should finish in the top six now. Hopefully, if Man United keep Solskjaer and maybe West Ham have a little bit of a blip and, and Conte can put a run together... You know, the top four isn't out of sight. Nobody's really tearing up trees. Man City a bit inconsistent. Liverpool a bit inconsistent. Chelsea a bit. Not that we're going to catch them, but no one's running away with it. We're not miles away. So if you can just have a little bit of consistency, you never know. But realistically, with a not Spurs hat on, maybe top six. I love how you take the bias out there, Ed. Trying to review it as a neutral. Which I say, I don't want to say. I don't want to say fourth. No, no, I don't no, no, say, no, fourth no. is what I fourth, fourth yeah. is what could happen if everything yeah. goes well. We can't be everyone getting memed on here just yet. It's very, very early no. days. We can't we can't <laughs> be that at all. Um, you know, from, from what we understand, Conte actually watched the Amazon All or Nothing documentary since first turning down the Spurs job, which has given an insight into how the club operates and some of the characters of the players, which I thought was interesting. And apparently, aims to come round to you, um, Conte on his first day at Spurs issued a rallying cry telling the players that the hard work starts now and the real emotional opening day at the club's Enfield headquarters, of course, Hotspur Way. Um, he's trying to now instill that winning mentality into the players and sort of putting them through the hard yards and graft. Do you think, as you said earlier, Ains, because of the nature of this manager, the respect he's got, what he's won in the game, these players will buy into his philosophy and we are now going to see a real uptrend in terms of results. We've got some, obviously, some nice games coming up. You'd say on paper, and you should never say that because it's Spurs, and as we know, anything can happen. But um, I know Ant's face says it all. I mean, Ant's face says it all there, but I said nice games on paper. But I mean, Ames, honestly, in terms of what's to come, are you excited now about going to that stadium, doing what you do, and just Spurs in general? Yeah, 100%. I mean, if the players can't buy into him, then they need to leave <laughs> like, this, yeah. is, this is an amazing opportunity and i and i'm not throwing shade i think i think they're all aboard like 100 percent. like let's go like come on <laughs> like, yeah. we've, got no, we've got nothing to lose literally yeah. nothing to lose like it's really exciting times really exciting times 100 i totally agree and i say um uh, amps face there i mean nikki lists the fixtures there for very kindly leeds burnley Brentford, Norwich, Brighton, Leicester, next six Premier League games. Don't I mean, jinx anything. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying not to because I could tell, I know this show, the way it goes, I'm sure someone will bring this up to me in a month's time saying, you started it, it was your fault. But, you know, those games on paper, I mean, that probably is the reason, Anth, why they felt the change was needed because, like I say, there are winnable games that are coming up. And I think what you do take into account is Conte apparently has told the players he's going to treat them all equally. There'll be no favourites at all, which I think is what's needed here. And he'll do it in his power to kind of improve every player. Now, I think... If we go back to where Spurs were um, at their peak, and I don't want to use that word success because we never won anything under Pochettino, but where for us, you know, we saw a real kind of love for the club and a real adulation of the Pochettino, the way he improved every single player and got the absolute maximum out of them. Are you quite excited, Anth, not just for maybe players coming in, but how he's actually going to improve some of the players that we've got that we're yet to really, I want to say, see their potential? And if I list some of these players, I can tell he's going to give a, a spark off reaction here. But the likes of Regulion, I would say, you know, somewhere like, you know, Deli Ali. Will he get Deli Ali firing again? I'm not too sure. But La Celso and Dombele, we spent so much money. Sessignon, we've spent so much money on these guys. Do you think that we're going to see players that come to the forefront that haven't necessarily done so in a Spurs shirt so far? Um, I hope so. Um, I think we've got a long, 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 long way to go to go back up to where we were 
you know, a few years back, to be honest. Um, and I think some of those players may not have it in them to come back potentially um but i'm hoping that we, certainly with our new ones anyway or our newer ones that they can um definitely improve under under conte because that you know they either stayed stale or just got worse which is an awful so um i'm hoping they do i don't really want to bank on saying who i think will improve and who won't uh, because i'll get memed probably um but we shall see it he you know he's certainly the manager to do it like amy said if no one gets behind it and and improves and they probably do need That's to go Jimmy. to be honest like yeah. <laughs> they can just go then yeah. uh, but personally I think especially with like Harry Kane like he hasn't been at his best under Nuno at all so I no. think yeah um he will definitely come back and it'll be, it's going to be great to see him actually improve coming back and improving um and playing well again because I I, I won't lie I've been very disheartened with his performances and it's it has like it's been quite upsetting watching him play yeah. um so I'm hoping that he he will get that spark back in him for sure. So. Yeah, the, the reason why I'm laughing and it's yeah, like you why are you laughing? I was like, I what are I'm you laughing. Yeah, we, we, the previous guy we had on the show, Andrew Gold, um, who said to me, um, you know, Regulion, you've got to pronounce this, guy, this guy's name rightly. Now Andrew was on our show, was from Argentina, and, and he, he says to me, like, you've got to pronounce this, game, this guy's name right. <laughs> I know. So I've always said Regulion, right? And he's going to meet Regulion. So I think, what should I go tonight? Should I go Regulion? Should I go Regulion? He's, he's, on the wind, he's winding think, you up there. I think I'm you gonna, follow, I'm, follow Nikki's advice and just say Reggie. Yeah, I, do you know what? I mean, that's <laughs> Lee's cut the name short. I try and pronounce it, but you know what? Maybe I should just say Reggie. But, you know, Paratigi. You know, I've been told Paratigi, right? It's Paratici. I've been told it's Paratigi. I've been told it's Paratigi. So I've gone through all different names. So I'm trying to do it as, a, as I go. If it's not right, please tell me. And I'll say, we'll get my translator in. No problem at all. Let's come around to you, Ads. Um, interestingly, as always, the, 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 this is what makes me laugh now. The uh, the senior players at the club now apparently have been quickly won over by Conte. Um, for how long, who knows? But um, by the ambition of the appointment. And um, I think what's gone down very well as well is the fact that Ryan Mason has joined his six-strong coaching team. That seems to have also gone down really well with the players. I mean, how much do you buy of that, Ads, that suddenly all the players are invigorated again? They're all happy. Everybody's best friends. It's all great. The coaching is fantastic. How long does that last for until that does wear off that novelty? Um, I, I, I think it will stay because I think, you know, I think with this guy, I think there will be an excitement because like us, he is proper. You know, it is like t- getting a current top day manager you know if if it take delhi as an example if delhi isn't playing for for an extended period of time then then he's going to not be happy and he's probably not going to like conte but i think hopefully we're at a point now where um sorry i'm just reading everyone taking the piss but yeah i think i think i think you know, I think ultimately, that, as I said before, there's nowhere to hide for these guys now. And I think it's basically step up, improve, he'll improve you. And if not, I think they'll be gone. I, I, I don't think there's any two ways about it. I think it's as simple as that. I don't yep. think you're going to get in a position where Levy is telling Conte, you know, he's, uh, you know who to keep and what. I don't think that, that yep. you know, if, if that happens like it's happened in the past, then mm. he won't even see that out that 18-month contract, I doubt it. Do you know what's funny, Ames? For the first time, you know, I was a, obviously I'm, I'm a massive advocate of Pochettino, love Pochettino. And at a point where, obviously, we was at the peak with Poch, getting those top four finishes, you know, competing, like I say, you know, far in the Cups, far in the Champions League. I would quite honestly say that I would say 
him and Kane to me, I would let everyone go and would have kept them to. They're the most important people at the football club. I now <laughs> feel at a point in terms of Spurs where, and we're going to come on to Kane shortly, but I think Conte is, is so important for the club that I would actually back any decision he would make in terms of allowing a player to move. I would back the manager. Maybe I say maybe I'd question if you wanted to let Son go because I think Son's incredible. But are you in the same mindset now, Ames? That for you, um, it's about backing the manager in terms of whatever he wants. We've got to give him it because I think the mistake we made under Mourinho is with Mourinho we gave him the likes of Joe Roden, uh, Carlos Vinicius. Um, I'm trying to think back who we signed now along this time with with Jose Mourinho. Doherty, the, these kind of players. And I just think that, you know, it only works. I know I know, I know the feeling. Um, it, so this, this only works with these elite managers if you give them exactly what they want. He wanted Milan Skriniar, he got Joe Roden. And I think the thing is with Conte is that there's no point in appointing Antonio Conte if you're not going to give him the actual players he wants. Do, do you agree that it's all about backing the manager now in terms of exactly what he wants? Definitely. And I, I feel like part of him coming to the club was he's got a lot of control and free reigns. So otherwise, I don't think he would have agreed to come. So it's exciting to see who, who he might sign in the future. Because obviously, <laughs> we talk, me, me and my partner talked about this earlier. Like it's, it's a little bit like being a manager. It's, it's difficult because obviously we've got the new, the new stadium. <laughs> we've, not, we've not had the money to buy a new striker or anybody. Like Everybody always been taking, taking the mick like... You know, we don't spend money, forgetting that we've just spent a load of money on this stadium. But obviously, we kind of need to get to a point where we can, you know, be maybe getting back in the Champions League and stuff. So people want to want to pay that money for their season tickets to come, so we can afford, you know, put put on a show. People are going to want to come. We can afford to get the players to take us to that next level. But I feel like with who we've got, like you know, we've got some amazing players. So. We're at yeah. such, like we're at such. It's so frustrating. It's like we're at this high level, but it's just not not showing yet. Yeah, but yeah. I think him, with him taking control, I think he will. It, it'd be a good chance for everybody to prove like this is it now. And if if they're not driven, they they need to go. But I think they'll all be wanting to prove themselves. And yeah, he'll be picking who 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 he's keeping I'm sure yeah and Joyce interesting you say that Ames because I think like I say um you know you, you look at what he's got there in terms of his staff there we've got obviously Mason that joined that coaching staff um who's a big believer in tough love having come through that academy of course with John McDermott mm. and we've then got of course when you look at some of the names we've got we've got the uh the cohort of analysts while the new head coach is Christian Stellini another close associate of Conte who he worked with at his time during Juve um apparently one of the key one of the key things that you know the players have I've actually really liked so far, Anth, to come around to you, is the fact that, you know, Conte and his communication has been very, very clear and can explain to every player, if they're not playing, why they're not playing. Of course, it's only been two games so far, so this might change to players that are going to be out of the team for longer. The likes of Deli Ali hasn't got a look in yet. Um, mm. But do you feel like, you know, the man management is what's been really lacking with maybe the previous two managers, the likes of Nuno, of course, the likes of uh, Jose Mourinho, maybe players like Deli Ali does need, and again, I'm not advocating Deli Ali. For me, maybe there's a time to move Deli Ali on, but sometimes a player does need a different type of management, maybe an arm around the shoulder. You know, a lot of the, these players have got father figures around them that actually know where they're going, the direction they're going in. Do you think content away can tap into the mindset of some of these players to just work out why it hasn't been going right under the previous managers? Yeah, I reckon so. And I reckon there will be players that maybe won't like him because it's like every manager. Some players are going to warm to them. Some players are not going to like what the way they are with them. Um, so there will be that some of that. Like, um, So there will, I reckon, like January, I'm hoping that we'll probably move some players along. By then, he probably would have made up his mind of who he wants to keep and who he doesn't. Um, 
So I think he will kind of speak to each of them individually, get to know them, suss out what's going on, see them a bit play a bit. I feel like the um the Thursday's game actually was a little bit of that sort of him him looking to see what the players are like and really understanding what was going on with them. Um so yeah, I think hopefully I think he's he he seems like a nice guy and he seems like he's a very like um yeah. opin, opinionated and he's got a strong character, right? And he probably commands that that um that training respect. field. Yeah. Totally so I, and that respect exactly, exactly. That's yeah. so what I, we need. That is yeah. exactly what we need. Yeah. Because 100%. I feel like bless Nuno, I, I think he was just a bit out of depth with it all. So. It's yeah. also it's also le- it's also leadership, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Spurs is, Spurs as a club for a period of time now has been a comfortable place to be. You know, mm. you've got nice training ground. Too easy. Far too easy. Totally agree. Nice, co- co- cosy training ground. Yeah. You know, getting paid well, beautiful stadium, all of this rubbish. When actually within the club, there's no leaders and actual winners right at the very top. You know, managerial appointments prove that. So if you're there and you want to be an absolute winner, you need those people to lead your team, your business in whatever you do. And now you've brought somebody in and everybody knows, okay, this is a proven winner who's done it. He has to be backed. So all of those things potentially disappear and it's almost like get in line or get out. Mm. Yeah. That's what I'm most worried about, him not being backed. Because I know, Amy, you were saying how he's probably got control, but I'm not, I'm, I'm a sceptic of me. There's not convinced that... <laughs> do, you, that do you think, though, Anne, by the, by the fact that obviously... In, do you think in the, in, the, in the summer, though, by the fact that obviously they had that conversation and, I mean, Spurs are adamant they're the ones that walked away from the table. Well, listen, of course, they're going to probably say that. I mean, believe what you read. Um, I mean, Conte's turned around, obviously, in his opening interview and said that he was emotionally still connected to Inter. That's why, for him, it wasn't right. But I fail to believe, Anne, that you look at all the jobs in, in the world right now, I think if he waited a couple of weeks, he may have got Man United... So you would question, mm-hmm. why is he coming to Tottenham? And I know Paratic is a big pull for him, number one. But number two, surely you would think that he's only going to come to Tottenham if he is going to get exactly what he wants. Because otherwise, why would he risk his own reputation when he's known for winning? Yeah. And he's coming to a club in Tottenham where, I mean, let's be honest about it, we're not really known for winning. We haven't won anything for a long, long time. So surely it's, it's got to be now, isn't it? Otherwise, how can this board justify the appointment? That's why I'm torn because part of me is like, surely Conte wouldn't come. I, I thought I was like, you, you'd be mad to join Spurs right now, especially yeah. if you're Conte. You would be, yeah, Let's you would be crazy. It. I mean, uh, but then the other part of me is like, mm, I'm not co- entirely convinced that they're going to just yeah. relinquish control like that. But we, we'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna see how it plays out. See it plays out. Best thing to do. Um, let's discuss a player that um, has been brought up so far, but we haven't really touched upon him. That's Harry Kane. As it's come over to you, um, what we understand, Kane is believed to be very excited at working under Antonio Conte. And the ambition shown by Spurs, his appointment, fills him with great promise. He said it's a great ambition, to be honest. He's reserved, his resume speaks for himself. Um, everyone knows how highly thought of he is and what he's done as a manager in the game. You have to respect that. We have to make sure every minute of our lives we are trying to improve and win for this team. I said, again, not... For me, and I'm listen, Alistair Gold's a big friend of the show. I've had Alistair on before, and I agree with what Alistair said during one of his recent YouTube videos. That I just don't like the fact you know, that players feel they're only starting to try when they've got a manager they like in charge. That's what I don't like. And with Kane right now, um, I think it's fair to say that the jury is out, and we can't go away from it. Kane was booed during that Manchester United home game. Probably one of the first times I've ever heard Harry Kane get booed by you know home fans. As where are you right on Harry Kane? It certainly hasn't been. A great start to the season. There's certainly been a hangover, of course. We had you last on, I think, when you were talking a lot of Kane ahead of that opening game against Man City, which he wasn't part of his summer. Obviously, transfer was up in the air at the time. What does the future hold for Harry Kane for you, Ed? 
so, so, so on the, on the booing, my personal views, I thought it was nonsense. I think basically he was almost a scapegoat for the the the, the mess that was going on on the pitch, right? So he almost like an easy target. Um, I thought Kane actually played quite well against Everton. I thought his control and his link-up play was pretty good. The reality is we didn't create anything for him. Um, I think we have a problem creating. I think if you really take a step back and say, look, generally in Kane's history, he take he's always taken time to get going, always. And, and when he's been injured, he takes time to get back. And he had absolutely no pre-season at all whatsoever. Um, he had, he had no preseason at all, so it's probably taken him a month to get his fitness up, and then off the backdrop of that, if we're as fans all completely uninspired by Nuno, whether he's getting paid a lot of money or not, he was maybe going to be managed by Pep Guardiola at Man City, and he's coming in being managed by the guy that we are completely uninspired by. So it's you would be sulking <laughs> you would not you you would be unhappy you wouldn't be like oh, this is brilliant i'm great to be here you'd be thinking right we're going to finish ninth what my career is going down the pan mm. you know and that's a fact and now you get somebody else in who's amazing you're like okay maybe spurs are ambitious and maybe they are really going to go for it and actually this could be a good thing that's how i view it I mean, ultimately, just before I come to Ames, for you, Harry Kane, will he rejuvenate his yeah. career at Tottenham? You're 100 yes. confident. As soon, 100%. as soon as he scores, as soon as he scores a goal, next game he scores, he'll get two or three in that game, and then that'll be that. Interesting. And just come round to you, Harry Kane. It's a heavily debated topic at the moment in terms of his form, where it's at, and of course, like I've seen Harry make comments. Like I say this. We, you know, how excited he is to be working under Antonio Conte. Do you personally believe after this international break, we are going to see the best of Harry Kane? Because um, great finish against Newcastle hasn't really kicked on from there. I know people will tell me that obviously 10 goals, I think 11 goals overall this season, a lot of them in the Europa Conference League. For you, Ames, does he have a long-term future still at the club? Yeah, of course. And do you know, <coughs> sorry, do you know what? I agree, agree with everything you just said there, like, and I feel I feel sorry for him because I feel like people hold him to such a high standard all the time. Like he is amazing. He's world class. Like it upset me, and it upset me as well. There was a, there was a Twitter poll um, just before Nuno was sacked, and it was like who who's responsible, who should go, like Harry Nuno, and like more people voted for Harry. And I just thought, are you stupid? Are you mad? Like come on, you know. <laughs> Obviously, he was clearly feeling a bit non not inspired by Nuno. You could see. In the way he was playing and the way we was playing football wasn't really allowing him to, to be him either. Um, yeah, and to say like, oh, you know, kind of to dismiss him like that. I think people just need to check themselves. It's not nice. Like, it's not nice. <laughs> Get over it. Come on, he's, he's world class. Of course he's going to come back. He's got something something to fight for now. Like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Can't believe people, people even said that. Like, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and would you feel inspired if you were him? You know... <laughs> Everyone yeah. said, oh, he doesn't look like he wants to be here. Let's, he should leave, just leave then. Like, come on. Let's let's just hope the Twitter poll was hijacked by, like, Arsenal fans or something. Maybe that. Exactly. Happened. It was shocking. Like, yeah, mm. it was really shocking. And um, let's come around to you. I mean, you've been, obviously, like I say, vocal so far to the Harry Kane. I mean, where are you, you on it for you? Because, um, listen, there's no doubt. Listen, Kane, you don't lose that predatory striker overnight. He's a wonderful player. Still got goals in his game. 
ultimately, how much is that still a hangover from the summer that he hasn't got that move he wanted? Would it? Would this now change his mind and refocus his ambitions that Spurs have now got themselves a world class, as Adam mentioned earlier, and as I've said as well, a prime manager in Antonio Conte, used yeah. to winning leagues, used to being successful, has you know a winning mentality. Is that enough to get Kane's focus back on the football club and back scoring in a Spurs shirt? I'm hoping so. I, I To reiterate what Adam said, imagine you, you thought you were going to get a move to Man City in the summer and then you have Nuno as your manager instead, uh, who doesn't inspire much confidence um, or anything on the pitch and isn't, isn't playing any form of football that's going to give Kane any service. Um, and none of the players are playing, not just Harry Kane. So it can't be just Kane's fault that the way it was going. Um, so using Kane as a scapegoat isn't very fair, in my opinion. But equally, that's not an excuse as well. For so I, don't, I don't know, some of his movements on the pitch, I just thought he couldn't be bothered. But that's the same with a lot of them. I think that just comes down to psychologically... Would you be want to be? Would you be bothered? Um, yeah. Maybe he's also a bit tired still from the summer. Um, we need to be careful with his fitness, I think, for sure, because he played. He's played a lot of games, um, and it's probably why he kind of is a bit slow at the beginning of the seasons, to be honest, as well. It's a, it's a fair point. Yeah, it's, it's a totally fair point. And you know what? With Kane, it's, again, it's only a couple of games, and again, I know there was concern of of the Everton display, but we'll we'll come on to that shortly because again, there was glimpses of that Everton game for me that I can slowly see what we're trying to do. I know it's very early, only days, 90 minutes, but I think even in that display, there was some kind of patterns of play through, oh, hold on a second, you know, there, there is a slight change here. There is what we're seeing, what we yeah. can try to do. Um, one of the players that's always been very vocal in that Spurs dressing room over the course of the last 18 months or so, coming around to you, Ads, is Pierre-Mir Hoybier. Now, interestingly, the show I did at the weekend, um, I found it quite incredible just the amount of people I saw, um, yeah, just have kind of, written Hoybier off. I mean, a lot of them saying that he's not good enough anymore for Tottenham. You know, he's, um, he said that, you know, to work with Conte for him um, is fantastic because he's a coach that wants to help the team. Is a clear, direct way of playing on and off the pitch. And as a player, it's really motivating. For you, Ads, when everybody is still fit, is Hoybier one of the first names on the team sheet or has your judgment changed over the course of the last six to seven games with Hoybier? Or dare I say, even back in the last season where I know some felt he was starting to lose the form because like I said before, he's done two or three people's jobs at once, hasn't really had a break, no one to come in from as an alternative option. Where are you and Hoybier? I think I think yeah, I think when Spurs were playing well under Mourinho, he was playing well and he was playing in his, in, a, in, a, in a good position. Is he gone? Hi. Is it just us? Is it just us? Should we carry yeah, on? Carry on. Okay. We're just us. Oh my um, god, where's I'm We're taking here, over. Are <laughs> oh, you still here? Good. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. You're okay. You're okay. Um, I think. I think. Um, I think. You know. I think he was very good in in the original Mourinho setup. Um, I think tactically, the way Nuno set up didn't suit him. Um, I, I think if we're going to play a three-four-three, and you're going to have two in the middle and one holding. I'd probably go with Skip um, and another attacking midfielder um, or Hoybier. I don't think Hoybier and Skip together are what you want in central midfield because I think you need more more creativity in there. Uh, so some of the criticism is just weird because people are like they're playing central midfield and and him and Skip don't create anything. It's just like they're not they're not creative midfielders. It's like saying Lloris doesn't create anything. He's a goalkeeper. It's not their job. <laughs> It's not their job to create, it's their job to break up play and give it to somebody. If you look at Chelsea's team when Conte was there, I think you had 
Kante who gave it to Fabregas or whatever it might be. And that's yeah. so, you know, if you put Dembele in there next to him or Ericsson, you, you know, then it would be a completely different dynamic and partnership. So yeah. I think it depends on the formation. I don't think Skip and Hoybier can play as a two if you're going to play if you're going to play that three four three. It's it's interesting you say that because I'm coming over to you, Ames. You know, um, from what we hear already, Conte's taking a real big shine sort of a skip, and he agrees the feeling inside the club is that he's going to become a real key player for Spurs. And you look at some of the stats from that Everton game. Skip completed 43 of his 46 attempted passes against Everton with a success rate of 93. percent I mean, he's been so impressive with Skip this season. Um, for you, if Adam is saying there, it's between one or the two. Is skipping that team for you above Hoybier as things stand at the moment? Oh, it's hard to pick because, like we were saying, like they're both they're both brilliant, and Skip really has surprises. All I think, like amazing. But yeah, can, can you understand that? Can you understand, Ames? If you're saying it's difficult for you there, can you understand the frustration for Hoybier at the moment? Do, do you understand that personally? Why why people feel he's not good enough? Oh, how many people are saying he's not good enough? He's been solid since he's come. I He's one of my favourite players. I haven't got bad words to say about him. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know where the negativity and the shades come from for him because I always think he's given 100%. And like you were saying, being quite vocal in the pitch, he's a real leader. And I feel like that's what you want. Like you want that hunger in the team and have people like him, you know, bringing everybody forward. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they're going in for him like that. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I'm coming around to you that we know Skip is going to miss the game against Leeds United, partly because of the uh, horrendous corner from uh, Lo Celso, which I don't think any needs any more shade than what we've given it um, previously on our shows. I, mean, just, so I, find it, I find it absolutely staggering that our, our football club, with the talent we've got, we cannot find a player that can take a corner. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I've just got... Modric no and Eriksson were the same. Modric and Eriksson were the same. Then, they would take yeah. the corners and they would go to the yeah. near post waist tight. And you're yeah. like, really? I'm convinced it was rehearsed. No way can you be that bad at taking corners. Surely. I'd love that. I'd love that video, a five-second video of the reaction from the Spurs fans behind the goal when the Celso takes the corner and the absolute anger just after it is just, oh, it's just incredible. I mean, for you, you Anthilla, just on the just on the skip Hoybier debate at the moment that seems yeah. to be going on, um, where are you on Hoybier? And for you, is skip now the main one out of the two that should be playing now game by game or is there a role for both yeah. of them for you? I like them both. I think, um, I don't know where the hate for Hoiberg comes from. I think sometimes he can't be consistent for a whole game. I do see like some one half he'll play amazingly, the next half he's a bit meh, mediocre um, and makes a couple of mistakes. But I really like him. I think he gets really stuck in. I think he breaks up play really well. Um, same with Skip. I like them both. Um, it's, just, it's, it's just annoying because like Adam mentioned Dembele and Ericsson and we haven't replaced any of that either of them um and that's i think what we're really missing is a creative midfielder um because i don't think we have that right now i, I miss ericsson so much like he was one of my well, we, we're, we're, no, under under umbele and Celso were both meant to be that but they've but they're not neither of them but, have done will, it will, really. will they both not be i mean just on that point let's go let's ask you for the first on that and umbele and Celso, do you back content to get a tune out of them or do you just think neither of them are going to be what we want in the long term like ericsson was for tottenham at his prime I like Ndombele. I think he's got so much potential. Um, he, I mean, he needs to get his fitness up, as we all know. I'm hoping that Conte maybe can improve him. With Lo Celso, I'm sorry, I, I just can't see it. I can't see him improving. Yeah, see, I, I, I have Are a you the other way around, like, Adam? <laughs> well, 
and I know I'll get pelters for this, and I do, and and I debate it. But well, you take some shade off me if you in, want. Let's get some pelters. So we can in, some pelters. In the, fir- in the very first lockdown, when the Celso had a run of games when he was fit, he was our best player in that period. I agree, totally agree on that. Yep, he's he's never had a run since. So I'm still holding out hope that that person in those six games exactly. is still there. I I know we haven't seen it, but then again. When's he played three Premier League or four games in a row? He hasn't. He comes on a sub, he plays a Europa game or, or whatever it might be. So I probably get Hope, yeah. for that. Hopefully and, they can find their flow and, and he can bring the best out in them because like yeah. we were saying, like, they've got so much quality, mm. you know, and so much and, to offer. I, th- I think in Dolabella you can't play in, you can't play in a three four three. I think you'd have to play no. like a three five two and yeah. you have to have to be behind him. Mm. So yeah. Do you know what's interesting? Though? I mean, with, says, with the news, with the news that they're all on a diet, you know, maybe, <laughs> may, maybe he's going to yeah. last more than 20, 20 minutes without being exhausted. Do, do you know what's funny? Though? I mean, I just think you know, a club like Tottenham, you know, with Lascelles and Dombele, well, they've been here what three years now. I mean, what other club would you get that amount of time to make a difference? And you know what's irony? You know, Alan is sitting there saying, you know, you know, um, and Dombele, we've got to up his fitness. He's been here for three and a half years. It's but, it's sad, isn't it? You're, you're, and you're right, and you're totally. I totally agree with you. You're right in what you're saying. But when you think about, you know, he's you know the best we saw of him was arguably Mourinho, where he had to go in, during lockdown to go and knock his flat, go knock down at his flat to get him out the place to go and do a run. I mean, the, the levels that we're having to get to now to get players to train, it's quite frightening, isn't it? But sometimes it comes down to coaching. Like the last two years have been a calamity of of, of coaching. Like on what have we really had so some of it's coaching some of it's the players I think you have to I don't know I, think... I, I, I see I don't I don't buy that I mean I it is but fitness at that Not level fitness. yeah you know I, I I know I know players that in the off season took their personal trainers away with them on holiday mm. to make sure that they maintained a level of fitness I must say obviously you, you've got connections with players but that, that's fairly common isn't it I mean am I right in saying it's fairly common I think it depends on what level. I I know one of the one of the England boys who um, went away in the summer, obviously after the final, and he. If you put it, don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a fair. It is an absolute. I don't. I must say, I don't have is watching this, but uh, you know, try it. It's a fair comment. Um, (laughs) I yeah, I know. I think you know, like I said, I know. I know one of the guys who who in the England squad went away with his family. And he's laughing it. Went away with his family, and um, I'm trying to be serious here, right? I know it's difficult. He went away with his family, and 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 he took his fitness trainer with him and his nutritionist to make sure he came back at the same level of fitness. And Dombele, on the flip side of that, came back late for training and apparently was overweight. So sometimes it's about how and what level yeah. you want to get to yourself personally, right? Yep, totally agree. Yeah. Um, he, go on, Ed. Finish what you said. Go so he, he he looked tired running on against Everton in the 84th minute. He, yeah, um, but he's got so much ability. It's frustrating. Hopefully, it's it's so frustrating. Now. <laughs> yeah, he's got so much again. talent. But this is the sad thing, isn't it? I mean, aims to come over to you. This is the sad thing that Ndombele, I'm sure we can all agree, we can see a wonderful player in there. We can all see it. And uh, Jordan, I will say quickly, uh, regular. There you go. Um, but I, I, I honestly believe that, you know, that I will say that. Undomble, there's all the talent in the world there. If someone can tap in, I must say this that from what we understand, Antonio Conte was a massive fan of him at Inter Milan and actually tried to sign him at Inter 
So I want to be confident and, and hopefully see that, you know, there's a, still a player in there. Because, Ames, you, know, you just know it. If we can get him for 90 minutes fit, he's a wonderful player, isn't he? How he's is it unlikely that unreal. might be? Unreal. Unreal. And how exciting is he to watch as well? Yeah. Like when he's fully on form, like no one can touch him. <laughs> like, that's the sort of excitement you want. And, like, you know, kids there into the club being like, oh, my God, like his poster on the wall kind of thing. Like, he yeah. is unreal. Just yeah. hopefully, like we said, wipe the slate clean like let's go again like he's got the manager now like it's not gonna get no better than this <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah, yeah. you're right what you're saying with the manager got in charge around Antonio Conte if he can't get out of him where do we go now Adam just would brought up there about the uh, the fitness and about the nutrition that is where we are going to go next for our listeners on audio uh, we are going to go for a, another break and um, for our watch audience on YouTube there's nearly over 500 of you watching us live on an international break. So thank you ever so much, which I think is quite impressive. Bearing in mind uh, the week we've had at Tottenham in general. Um, so I'm going to get into that right now because um, it's fair to say that this first week of Antonio Conte being in charge, obviously there's many players that have gone away during the international break. And for those remaining, we know that he's made no time in terms of looking to make the changes. Now, um, from what we understand, he's apparently already revolutionised the, uh, the club's nutrition plans to the point where um, the players looked dead and they ran a marathon last week after training, which tells you everything about, um, quite frankly, where we are in terms of our fitness right now. Um, so just to kind of talk you through what, what's been banned as far as we understand here. Um, this was a, a report from The Athletic that came out this morning. So um, we've he's reportedly banned ketchup, mayonnaise, butter, oil and post-training sandwiches. Now, I mean, I, I mean, as, we'll start with you on this. I mean... Shouldn't these things actually be in the training ground anyway? I mean, who's who's eating these? The players well, or the staff? What, well, what's I know, going on here? I know. Well, I think I think it go. I think I think it, I think I read that article actually. I think what it said, doesn't it? That you know, I think it depends on the manager. You know, some managers oversee everything, and others apparently Nuno just did effectively the coaching. So therefore, players go to the chef, get me some ketchup in. And too stuff too like busy that, that beard. What, he's too busy stroking that beard, wasn't he? It's a good beard. It's, it's, it's a good beard, but you know, it's too much. It there's too busy on that. I think. Oh, that's the problem. I mean, on, I just stunned. On, on the fit, on the fit, on the fitness bit, there's quite. It's quite interesting. I read a couple of things. One was um, apparently the players that have gone away on international break have been given actual extra work to do whilst they're away separately. Um, chocolate spread starters, yeah, and Don Bello's <laughs> fuming about all of these things, isn't it? Um, and then. Um, and then also I heard that um, after the warm downs, like a normal warm down after a game is like 20 minutes. Yeah. And apparently all of the players that didn't play, there was like an hour's warm down after both games. So actually Conte's getting in the fitness that he can't get in all the time at certain periods of time, yep. which is actually quite interesting. So he's obviously trying to build their fitness up in mm. different ways, given he doesn't have a pre-season, which is quite interesting. Uh, but nutrition uh, is fundamental, right? Isn't it? You know, I, I, I totally agree with all of that. Yeah, I, I, what just makes me laugh though is just how much coming to you, Amph, How how much we've regressed because you know, <laughs> I just think you know when one day Ramos was here. I mean, we, we knew the stories that you know he was a very specific you know again nutritionist. And I know the the players at the time of Edison, we've had the likes of Tom Huddleston on here. We've had a lot of the boys um, from that era of likes of Eric Edmund and you know a lot of the ex players from this time. And they were all telling us about you know how the frustration was that the jelly babies had gone, the Jaffa cakes had gone, they're being replaced and whatever. But you think nowadays, and that's it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being naive to this. You would think that you know the players have a responsibility to look after their body, look after their shape. They are athletes at the end of the day. They've been paid a huge amount of money to keep themselves in shape. Is it concerning when you read stories like this about how far um, players have regressed to the point where apparently they're, the, the term being used, dead, 
after a training session, like they've run a marathon. This is training. How can it yeah. be this bad? I mean, you're right. They should take responsibility. We take we. I mean, I for people that don't know, I work in the <laughs> NHS, and when we talk to our patients, we say for them to take responsibility for their own health as well. So you know, they're professional footballers, and they should actually take responsibility for their own uh, well-being. But the way we're talking, it's like we're talking about little children. Like you need to take stuff away because otherwise yeah. they'll have it. <laughs> Um, yeah but that but that but they are but they, they are, are, like, they are. Some, they're, they're literally in some cases they? they're like they're they're 19 they're in need of management aren't they this is they are needed management yeah that's true yeah but i think yeah like they, but they surely get education on nutrition and things like that they surely know what they shouldn't shouldn't be eating um but, yeah, like, but that's the, but that's the same yeah. as everybody. Not everybody, and not everybody sticks to it. So you think, okay, I'll be good yeah. most of the time. But so. then I don't stick to it. I love food. You motivate, <laughs> you motivate people to like eat healthy, and especially yeah. like, if you're doing something you enjoy, and you know you need to eat healthy to do it. You know, I mean, do you do you have to tell marathon runners what to eat, or do they just do it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just it's it, yeah, it's funny. I find it yeah. funny, but. I, yeah, I mean, let's come over to you. I mean, have you noticed in terms of that Everton game a, a change in that squad at all? And it's, only, it's a hard thing, you know. We look at the Vitesse game, the two games. I mean, Spurs, you could say on that Vitesse game, we did come out a lot more front foot. You know, we started ever so well. And then obviously we saw the defensive issues Spurs had in terms of the way we conceded. The Everton game, I know we had, obviously, um, our co-host, Lee McQueen, was, you know, he, he stormed into the green room before the game. And he said to me, Rick, you know, I I'm, I'm, was really concerned about the way Spurs approached the game and played. And we know that Conte, it's going to take some time for him to get to know the squad, you know, kind of get his ideas across to the players. Did you see glimpses there, Ames, that gives you real hope for the future? Bear in mind, it was only 90 minutes of a Premier League game. I thought the way that we fought in general, there was a real, I think, fight amongst the Spurs players to show a real desire, a hunger, determination, which I still say, and I mean this, that that should be there under any manager, regardless whether it's Nuno in charge, Steve Bruce, Gary Megson. I'm not going that far down, Tony Pulis, I'm not going that far down. But ultimately... And the point I'm trying to make is, did you see a, have you seen a difference you already with Antonio Conte in charge? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you were saying, there needs there needs to be some sort of drive there, and it was it was nice to actually see it there. I mean, one it wasn't consistent for the whole whole ninety minutes, but there was like little sparks, and people were trying definitely, and that's what like as the fans want to see. As long as they're trying, it's going to take a while to get like everything right, the formation, who, who players that are going to prove themselves and players are going to drop off I'm sure but yeah no it was nice to see like a little bit of hunger and Harry Kane is an absolute machine like you know he just needs a couple of goals and then you yeah. know what he's like he's like he just wants to score that's all he wants to do <laughs> so you know a couple of games to like let him sort of fit in back as well feeling kind of more confident the goals will come like it's coming it's exciting mm. like I know everything's been really negative and people will laugh and say like, oh don't get too excited but can't be no worse. Like no, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, and this, I think I, I agree with what you're saying, James. I think if you, you you can't be excited now, then when can you be? Now we've we've had a real difficult as as a as a as a, you know sort of in football in terms. You know, I know life in general has not been easy for people the last 18, 24 months, but just in general, being a Spurs fan, it's not been an easy last eighteen to twenty four months, right? I think we all feel, you know, <laughs> as fans, um, we've been put for it in different ways, you know. Of course, you know, ads seem to get older. Aims not been able to go to the ground. And Thudder is part of the trust. It hasn't been easy. And I can tell you, hosting these shows after every single game, um, I think mentally with Nuno, it was very hard to come on here 
and try and be rational and try and have a debate with people and try and see both sides. That's what we always try and do as a show. We've never been a show to jump up and down and we've never been a show to kind of shout and scream. That isn't the way we've ever done last one on Spurs. It's always been about a rational debate in terms of where we see the club. And I think that's ultimately why the show, you know, is, is adored and loved by so many people with the fact that we try and debate and analyse where the club is ultimately going week after week game after game. But what I did find interesting is against Everton, Spurs, we recorded our highest totals for both distance covered, 110.9 kilometres, and a high-intensity sprint, 151 in any game this season. You know, it's quite incredible where, you know, manager comes through the door, that effect after just 90 minutes. Is that something that's going to bode hopefully really well for upcoming games to come? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I think I didn't, I wasn't, Unfortunately, didn't watch the wed- uh, Everton game since so I was at a wedding. But I've heard that there was glimpses of what he was trying to do in terms of moving the ball quicker um, and using the wings more. So I'm hoping that actually running more and actually like getting involved, getting stuck into the to the to the game a bit more um, will continue, and we'll slowly start seeing more more strategy and us actually playing football again <laughs> with you know some sort of like actually end game rather yeah. than. 11 men on a pitch not really knowing what they're doing. Mm. With no shots on target. (laughs) Well, this is the one thing, isn't it? I mean, as as, as I sit here and say, um, you know, against Everton, for me, I I could actually see, you know, what we were trying to do. There's patterns of playing in little snippets. I was like, I like that. I I, I can see already there's a a slight difference in the way we're trying to play football. And by, again, the fact, you know, no shot on target. How much does that, in a way take away from some of the good aspects of that game against Everton for you personally? I think that's a paper thing and a media thing that, you know, if you actually look at it, you know, the Celso hits the post, that's deemed to be not a shot on target. I mean, I, you know, I, ne- I never really understand why that is. I mean, it is a shot on target. It's near to the post. It's virtually in the net. And then there were about five times where, where, where our final ball basically let us down. Um, in really good positions, I think that, and then there's a chance that Reggion had and and uh, Royale um, with Cheese had um, at the back post as well. So I think there were probably, you know, four or five chances where we did break and we did look like people knew where they were running and there was a pattern to what we were doing. Where actually, had the final ball been better, we, we probably would have scored. And I think with a bit more time, I'm, I'm sure it'd be fine. I'm sure we'd be fine. And probably, is it Le- Leeds, Leeds next, isn't it? I think they yeah. are probably the right sort of team that you want to play because they're quite open in how they play. Someone's just clipped that now and that's going live viral as soon as that Leeds game ends. Leeds United, <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur nil, yeah. Leeds United 3 and ads goes, that's exactly the kind of game we want next. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, we, if, we, if we had a shot, if we have a shot on target, then mate, my point might be sort of right. I hope so, mate. I hope so. We're on to a winner. Um, yeah. Just to introduce, um, someone asked me earlier. I think it was Jordan Hussein asked me about um, Antonio Conte's background, or background, or, or you know, uh, the, the the backroom coaching staff. You know, getting to know them all a bit in a way. And um, we've got Christian Studian that came in. Uh, he had enjoyed an eighteen-year career as a player in Italy, including spells at uh, Como, Genoa, Bari. Uh, coach since two thousand and ten. He joined Antonio's staff at Juve in 2011-12. Uh, we've got Gianluca Conte coming in. He's the uh, brother, of course, of Antonio, and he joins as a technical and analytics coach. He played for Leeds and was part of. Coach Coach staff um, since Bali in 2009, 
He played his part in the title success at Juventus, Chelsea, Inter. He was also part of the Italian national team between 2014 and 2016. Um, alongside that, we've got uh, Constantino Corati, who's a fitness coach, joined Spezia's coaching staff in 2011, has been with Antonio since his second season at Juve, 2012-13. We've got Jean-Pierre Ventrone, again, a fitness coach, as a wealth of experience. Um, Stefano Bruno, a, another fitness coach. You know what's funny? You know, at the first time of Spurs game for disappointment, you know, apparently it was because of a lot of the backroom stuff. You know, we've got, I'm looking here, you know, it, it's, we've got six members of the backroom staff. That's, that's a lot of backroom staff. And I think, you know, one of the key things here, I suppose, in a way, maybe because it is only an 18 month deal, maybe that's because Daniel has sanctioned that. Because when you think about the payoff, you know, for those six coaching, <laughs> for those backroom staff, that's a lot of money there, Ed, isn't it? A lot of money to be given to six coaching staff. Is it a case that, you know, Spurs has kind of gone all in now? Well, I mean, they have to. I think that's probably part of the biggest criticism of Levy, isn't it? Is that is that if if he just did things right the first time, he wouldn't have to sack and pay off five managers and end up spending more than getting the right one in or the right player in. Yeah. So, um and 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 I think I said at the beginning, you know, you sort of backed into a corner, aren't you? You know, um, the, the the corporate season ticket renewals are up at the end of this three year cycle this season. If if Spurs aren't in a good position, people aren't going to renew. Season tickets are are down. You can get tickets for most games now, so you have to you have to act because if you don't act, you're in trouble. I don't know if that's my Wi-Fi or not that keeps on. No, no, that's fine. No, you're all good. And we must also, of course, Ryan Mason has also joined um, that coaching staff. Like I say, it feels like Antonio was impressed by the way he took the team uh, during, like I say, those, those couple of days. Uh, he was getting acquainted with the job. So, like I say, Ryan Mason also in charge. Um, we are going to go for this as an audio for yet another quick break. Uh, when we return, we'll be discussing Paratage's pool in order for Antonio Conte to join the club. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Paratigy, guys, how big a pull has he been to get Conte into this job? Now, apparently, from what we understand, um, good friend of the show, Alistair Gold, reported that um, United going two up at Spurs led to Paratigy storming out of his seat to, like I say, go down the tunnel, didn't return to his seat after the 61st minute, Cavani sticking United two up. Um, interestingly, Ames, we'll start with you on this because, um, you know, from what we're led to believe, although it's all been sold as a kind of paratigy and Conte bromance, whilst there is a decent relationship there, they're not as close in terms of as what many people are making out. Just how important do you, Fuane's, um the appointment of paratigy has been for Spurs as a managing director? Do you feel there has been a need to kind of take away Daniel Levy's control of the club and allow somebody else that's a footballing man to overall look at the football institutions of the football club? Definitely. I mean, obviously, it speaks for itself. Something Things needed to change for such a long time. Um, hopefully, they have got a bit of a bromance. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, uh, this is a hard one for me to answer, really. I'm uh, not too sure. But, yeah, hopefully, things he gives him full reign <laughs> to really take control and do what needs to be done. 
And yeah. I really hope that, um, you know, that all the players do actually get a, a chance and even chance to prove themselves as well before he makes decisions on like what's going to happen, you know? It's interesting, isn't it? Because, um, you know, in the summer, um, Paratici coming in, there was such a big hype about him coming in. And then, obviously, obviously seeing that, you know, he wanted Conte, from what we understand, it never worked out. And I always was concerned, coming over to you, Anth, you know, that the fact that, you know, he appointed Nuno and it didn't work. And then sacking him, was that going to undermine him in a way? But I have that feeling, and not that I know this of any inside knowledge at all, that you can imagine Paratici going to Daniel Levy saying, look, you know, we messed up on Conte once. You know, this is the man that is right for Tottenham, that's going to take the club forward. And ultimately, if you're not going to allow this man to come into the football club, my hands are never to be tied because, you know, Paratici is a winner. You know, I will bring up, you know, his CV here of what he's done. He's, he's wherever he's got at Juventus, he's, he's, a, he's a winning mentality guy in general. You know, he goes into clubs looking to change a mentality to try and win. Therefore, how have you felt it's been received so far, the Paratici appointment, trying to take away almost... Daniel Levy's, how can I put this, the, the element of Daniel trying to control everything about the club. We've seen what Daniel's done in terms of the stadium, in terms of the training ground. No people get very defensive about that. But you feel if Daniel can concentrate on the off-field matters like the NFL, like the concerts, like Lady Gaga, the summertime ball, and leave Parachi to deal with the onside things, you know, the, the, the signings, the manager, that overall, that is the recipe for success. Do you agree? Yeah, wouldn't that be magic if that was the case? Do you believe that's not going to be the case? Do you believe that's still not going to be the case? Do you think Daniel still oh, has that ultimate control? Again, I'm just so sceptical. I just don't trust. I don't trust it. But I do think Paratici had a massive pull with with Conte, not just with Conte, but getting Levy to agree to get Conte, um, because I, I've, you know, you hear rumours and you hear that actually he he threatened to maybe leave if he didn't get Conte in. So. Um, and I th- I actually would believe that. And I think that would look very bad on Levy if Paratucci did leave. Um, so, because, I mean, it works for Levy because Levy can use Paratucci as a full guy as if yeah. needed to. That, well, that, that that's how I feel many people were, I think that's how many people were viewing that appointment, right? And for the fact that, you know, yeah. bringing Paratucci in, it was almost a way to kind of deflect from the fact yeah. that if it wasn't to work out with Nuno, it wasn't my appointment. Yeah, exactly. But I don't. I don't think that. I think that he wanted Conte. I don't. I'm not convinced that Nuno was on the list. But I think he would weigh down the list. Yeah. I don't think he well, was up high on this list. Yeah. From what we understand, um, Nuno was on the original shortlist and wasn't even interviewed because they didn't think he was good enough. Then suddenly, it, then suddenly, Prestige's come in and suddenly he's got the job. Really? Oh, well, I'm I mean, to, but, all I'm saying is, I mean, we all know, we all know sure that, that. We, well, we, all know, sure we, we all know, we all know, we all know wanted Conte. We, we all know that, yes, right? we knew that. We, and we I knew think... that. But the minute, obviously, the minute they didn't get, obviously, um, Conte, Nuno became <coughs> the next option. And from what I understand, this was driven by Paratigi, Nuno. From what we, again, this is what's been reported. Maybe yeah, that's say, who knows, that's who knows what's true. I but, think, it, I think it was the, I think it was the only option rather than the main, you know, I just think they we were got, literally we went 72 like, days, okay. didn't we? 72 days waiting. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it was more that. I, I, th- I that. think the other thing, I think the other thing as well, which, you know, rather than it being, obviously they're close. I think what, what will be important is Conte is obviously a bit of a hothead, right? What yeah. are you laughing at? Yeah. Well, that, that comment oh, there from, a, I mean, I don't know if we can share this, but we are sharing it. Uh, yeah, Adrian no, there saying you know, he was right, on okay. the execution. Execute the what? Is say that it's, execution, 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 but yeah, yeah. executionist, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know, but I think I think so. What Paratici will do with Conte is he's a go-between as well. So whereas you might have Levy meddling before, um, 
Poor Ads, poor Ads. He's trying to talk. He's done this twice now, but I think he's a. I think he's a go between, right? He's a go between. So Paratici can go have the arguments with Levy and the board, yeah. and just let Conte get on with that. On. Whereas if Conte's having to deal with Levy all of the time, then I think you know that that will probably end up making him unhappy. Mm. Um, so do, hopefully, do you, do you see that relationship working overall, Ed? Because I mean, we've seen with, with Daniel Levy before. I mean, not to kind of go over too much old ground. We've seen Camoli, we've seen Baldini. You know, you name it. With David Pleat as well. I mean, I think the this, state... does it work? This will it work overall given time? I think the stakes are higher now. You know, and they come back to this: we've got six hundred million pound debt. You've got the most expensive seats. We can't afford with no naming rights. You can't afford to drop down again and just sort of muddle it through like they have, which is why I think one of the reasons why they've appointed Conte, because with the money involved with the Premier League being in the top four, the debt that you've got, we have to be the whole business plan and model of the business is financially stable because of the stadium, but that's based on us being in the top five, six. We have to get up there. So it's it's stick or bust, right? You can't meddle around. You have to you have to invest. Yeah. I mean, we, we must say that, you know, if you look at the the pair joining and come over to you, Ames, I mean, I'll rattle this off here. You know, they, they you know, Conte joining Paratigi at Juve, it, that was a new era of winning beginning because um, after his arrival in 2011, they won the Serie A, never looked back. You know, they won three consecutive Scudettos together between 2011 to 2014. They also won the Supercoppa Italian together in the 2012-2013. In Conte's final league winning season, he broke Serie A record with 102 points. Um, I say Conte winning the Pancha Dorado, which is a coach of the year for every year at Juve before resigning in 2014. So it does feel, Ames, you know, the relationship between Paratigi and Conte is going to be very key here in terms of Spurs ultimately getting success. Um, do you feel for you, Ames, are you, are you confident that this relationship is going to last long term between Paratigi and the Spurs board? Because you do feel like Adam said there... He's going to be that go-between between Daniel Levy saying, look, you've got to give Antonio this amount or this player to make it work. Are you yeah. confident that this is going to happen and it will be successful? I mean, I feel like it has to happen, definitely to start off with. Um, how long? I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> let's, uh, we've, got, we just, we've got back them and hopefully they can actually work together as a good team um, and bring out the best. And like, yeah, I mean, we haven't really got much other choice. It does really need to work. Um, and I feel like everyone's in a position now, like where we're ready to move on, like after after Nuno as well. So I think you will be seeing like a hundred percent from everybody. <laughs> you know, it took a while for yeah. the cracks to show with um, Mourinho. So <laughs> hopefully we get a longer longer stint, and it won't and it won't even come to that. So. Yeah. No, I, I listen, I, I echo and I, and I hear those thoughts. I mean, what's quite interesting to come around to you, Anth, is that um, we know with Spurs and with Paratigi that, you know, they went into Juve and, you know, Juve were a, a mid-table team, right? You know, they were, I think they were eighth or ninth at the time. They were floundering, really. And I so they, they took that club to ultimately becoming, you know, so successful, again, ruling Italy. When you look at what Conte has gone into previously, I look at Chelsea. I think he took over Chelsea on the back of them being, what, I think, 7th or 8th, a really poor season. He brought the level up. I mean, he knows that he's coming for a challenge, doesn't he? Because he knows mm. Tottenham. And I said this on the last couple of shows. You know, this, for me, reminds people, and I don't want to get absolutely, uh, again, memed in the comments here for saying this. I think the appointment of Conte shows that Tottenham Hotspur are still a massive 
football club. They've managed to, for me, attract one of the best managers in world football, one of the most prime managers. You know, there was the argument with Mourinho that Mourinho was maybe past his best when he joined Tottenham. He was on the decline. Uh, Nuno, I think we all know how we feel about Nuno now. But with Conte, there is genuine feeling that like Spurs have appointed a winner, not past, not, you know, I say in years gone by. This is the guy that's won now. He walked away from, from Inter Milan at his highest point where, you know, he walked away on the back of winning a league and ultimately the board not being able to give him what he wanted. So you do feel that he knows exactly what he's walking into with Tottenham, that if you do give him what he wants, surely this is the man to unlock this sleeping giant and there's all this parade of trophies to come. Please tell me this is the case. I mean, I still don't know how we got him, number one. Number two, if he can't do it, I I've jokingly said on this podcast that I do miss on the bottom of my heart that I am ready after this. If this appointment doesn't work, we will fold. Jason will be coming back over. and it will go it will become a, a golf podcast and Tiger Woods will be coming over Jason week to week and doing the <laughs> doing the golf preview. Because I think after this, I mean, where, where do you go after Antonio Conte? I know, and, when, I know. and listen, I'm not gonna press people and talk about what it's gonna finish like because you have to think about what we're gonna be involved in. And um listen, as we've said. You know, there is, like say Scott says, there's a real big buzz around Spurs that there is that genuine feeling now that Conte is here to win. And as fans, we are ready to win. And you just hope the players are ready to win. And therefore, surely it just comes down to the fact that if you give him what he needs, what he wants, then that's the recipe for success. Isn't it? Anth? Tell me that's the recipe for success. <laughs> that is. I think I want to see a couple of transfer windows first to see actually mm-hmm. who, who's in charge. Yep, that's um, fair. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm hoping that, you know, Paratici and Conte are the ones in charge of the footballing side and that we're going to get in players that Conte yeah. wants and that we're going to get the team playing football again. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, I don't think, I don't, I can't see a trophy coming this year, Amy, I'm sorry. But maybe, maybe in a maybe next season maybe if we still got if things haven't gone downhill you know let's let's see let's see but um i'm you know we'll see it's funny you say that Anne, because then um, what i just want to finish up on really is kind of like players what maybe should be looking at but just in terms of the um of of the trophies you mentioned there it's coming over to you um what's quite interesting is that conte if you look at his period at chelsea and even dare i say even at juve whilst he won a couple of the of the domestic cups there and um, he's more renowned for winning a league Whereas at Tottenham, I know, and I know people are laughing at me saying this still, you know, Spurs were renowned as a cup team. Me growing up, my dad would always say to me, Spurs, it's about the FA Cup, it's about the League Cup, it's about, you know, taking Europe seriously. Will Conte slowly get that very quickly? Because um, we've got a massive, massive uh, Carabao Cup quarterfinal against West Ham, who I've got to say, um, you know, they are flying right now under David Moyes, playing ever so well. Do, do you feel, as that if he could just get a trophy on side already, you know, any doubters, which there aren't many with Antonio from what I can gauge so far, they, they've got to already be massively behind him. How important is it for him to take those cups very seriously this season? I, I'm, I'm sure he will be well aware um, of of the fact that Spurs haven't won anything forever and everyone's desperate for a, a trophy. I think the thing about the cups as well is, is um, you know, it's mainly in England where we take them really seriously, like the FA Cup as an example. So he did win that at Chelsea yep. and he did win the league. You know, in a lot of the other countries, they don't they almost just sort of bomb bomb the, the domestic cup off for the Champions League and stuff like that. So I think with us, I, I mean, he said it after the Vitesse game that that's a massive, massive tournament for them. So I think I think he just wants to try to 
I mean, I, I think we could win something this season. I think we could win. Do, do you think it will take the cup seriously, Ed, for you? Personally, do you yeah. think you know, looking oh, yeah, at where yeah, we are? Yeah, I think listen, he's, he's, the Carabao Cup is two games away from from a final at Wembley. Yeah, I think everyone wants to get that this monkey off the back where it's oh, yeah, I'm on a trophy, I'm on a trophy. I yeah. think you know he's probably thinking, right, I can win something this year. Let's just go for everything. <laughs> I mean, it's getting to Maybe a point we'll now. Win, that... We'll win the we'll win the league next season. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> do you not do you not feel that it's, it's getting to a point now where I you know I, I would say this that you know the, the next person that wins Spurs a trophy, a manager, they'll get a statue built with them. Maybe not with Enix. Sorry, I know Enix don't, don't do statues, statues but I mean, maybe fans, maybe fans will build the statue. I, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like, you know, how long we've been without a trophy? You know, we're in the quarterfinals of a, like I said, the Carabao Cup. We're still in that Europa Conference League, which we all know we're going to face Mourinho in the final. So it'll be a Conte Mourinho final. That's obviously to come. And we've got the FA Cup too. And I, I love this comment that he had, did say, you know, Conte, um, in one of his uh, pre match presses, he said, you know, we have everything to achieve, big infrastructure, big club players' history, we have everything to achieve. And you know what, I've got to say that so far I've been loving the way he's been speaking about the club. He said the club has a great vision outside of the pitch. We have to start having a vision on the pitch, on the football pitch. And do you know what? It's worth like that we've waited for, I mean, how many years we waited for a manager to say that? You know, this is exactly how I think we all feel, that, you know, it's all great having a lovely stadium. It's all great having a great training ground. But let's be honest about it. We, we go watch Tottenham over Hackney Marshes. We go watch over the local park. It doesn't really matter where Spurs are. All we want is a competitive yeah. team that everybody plays their hearts out and plays well. So finally to finish, guys, um, what do Spurs need to essentially be Conte's team? We'll start with you, Ames. Um, you have to give us players if you don't give us players. But if you look at areas of the squad for you, um, what players or let's say what areas of the squad would you feel Spurs need to improve in? Defence, midfield, strikers, what do you think? Um, kind of with the defence, um, I feel like that will fall into place even if that's with who we've got or yeah. maybe a new signing down the line. And just kind of being stronger, um, like with attacking, um, especially like putting balls into the box. Like we've got players, obviously, that are really capable, but it's we always seem to be outmanned. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. But maybe that's just from the hunger, um, they having the drive to come back um, and like maybe fitness as well. I'm not really too sure, to be honest. <laughs> Ames, I must ask you, because I've seen loads of comments this, this evening. Um, we have been linked with a sensational move. I've used that word, so I've really sensationalised that, haven't I? Sorry. Gareth Bale, apparently on a, on a loan back in January. Would you be a fan of bringing oh. Bale back for, a, you know, this will be now a third time. Uh, if you discount the first time we made, the first time we signed him, second time bringing him back, would you be backing him again to come back? Would you? Of course. Right? I absolutely love him. Always, always pleasure to see him play. I don't actually think I ever got to see him play in lockdown at all. Mm. And wouldn't that yeah. be a really funny story as well? Like, he comes back, oh, again? Like, <laughs> he's brilliant. Yeah, I've got a lot of love for him. He's absolutely unreal. Um, I mean, I don't know if it'll happen or not, but yeah, yeah. always welcome back. Love to see him play. Yeah, I mean, what do you think, uh, coming over to you? I mean, we've got comments here, you know, mixture of comments. Uh, Kane, the long shot says, we don't need Bow back for a third time, time to move on. I think many feel, would, would, would Bow work under Conte's real uh, regiment so far we've seen of his training? Or do you think a, a player of Bow's quality, just let him play? Um, 
I'm not sure if it would work, but just for nostalgia, I'd love to have him back. I cried when he left. I, I, I love, I love the man. Like, and I actually haven't seen him play live, like in person, because of oh, lockdown. Yeah, no. So actually, I would no. love to. Just, to be honest, I'd just yeah. love to see him play. To be honest, and he can't, <laughs> and he can't hurt to have him around the training yeah. ground, even if he is just an addition and not just not first team all the time. So you know, I'm all for it. Um, yeah. in terms of what we need, I think we need probably a little bit more in defence. I think we need a creative midfielder and we need a backup striker. Um, those would probably be my three key areas that we need to improve on. Okay. Oh, it's, it's, it'll come to ads. I mean, ads, what's your thoughts on that? Because I think with um, with Anthea, I think it's hard to agree with that. I think we still, for me, uh, when I look at Sanchez, I look at Dyer, I look at, at Roden, no offence to those guys, I still think we haven't got the right defender to pair Romero with yet. And bear in mind, we spent so much on Romero that if you don't give him the right centre-back pairing, I mean, what's the point? We spent so much money on this guy. Um, I've always said in the summer that we needed someone plus, you know, Romero at centre-back. That's always been my feeling. And then again, maybe, you know, Royale, I've been pleasantly surprised. I thought I think he could become a good defender. I think Regulum will automatically improve with Conte coming in. I think we will see a different player there. And then I'd say midfield, you know, it depends if he's going to get a tune out of Ndombele LaSalle. So what do you think he needs for you, Ed, to kind of improve this team to take it to where he wants it to be? At least one centre-back. I think at least one. I think it could be two if you argue that he's going to play three at the back and all the guys that you've mentioned aren't going to play 100%. You know, I, I agree with everything answered, actually. We need a, set, a creative midfielder, a central midfielder. Uh, we need another striker, possibly. And you know, if he plays three four three, probably somebody else. You know, I think we need a backup striker for Kane. But I think that front three, you know, you've got Son Kane. I'm not convinced that Moore is good enough for the top level. Bergwijn hasn't shown enough. I like Moore; he works very hard. But frankly, when Spurs were a good team a couple of years ago, he was a sub. So I'm, I'm not convinced he's the top. And my jury's still out on Regium. Because I think, I think actually, I don't think he, I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's been that good. I think he's probably had a handful of decent games and then been distinctly average. But there's there's potential there, and maybe Conte can get a tune out of him. Do you think, as in a way, one player we haven't mentioned is Brian Sessignon, who um, I wonder now with the new formation that Conte's trying to put in place at Tottenham, does he still have a future at the club? We haven't really seen much in terms of him so far. No, just, just... Does he have any future for you? Well, if he can, if he can, if he can play well <laughs> um, and stay fit, I think his biggest problem is fitness. And then I think when he does play, he looks massively shot of confidence. So I think it's one of those. He has to get fit. We haven't seen anywhere near enough of him really in 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 that period of time. I don't think he did a particularly brilliant job on on loan. I think he was okay. Um, mm. Yeah, it's another one, isn't it? You don't you don't know what a great manager could do with with somebody like that. You don't you don't know the jury is still out on him. I don't know. Okay, guys, we're going to finish on some listener questions. Then um, expectations for the season. Um, we'll start. I can see all the excitement of these questions. Look at and I feel it looks terrified. What I'm about to ask her. Um, we'll, let, we'll let her stay calm for it. We'll go to uh, Ames to start with. Ames, um, this is from Jerry Hattrick at four three one one. Steve, who says, does Antonio have time to build or implement his philosophy? given that he's only signed an 18-month deal. Has he got enough time, Ames, bearing an 18-month deal? Is that long enough for Conte to do what we feel Spurs need to do in his time at the club? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know he really hasn't had the best... <laughs> it's not the, not the best start. You know, he's been thrown right into it. But 
yeah, I definitely think it's enough time. Um, yeah, you, you'd expect it from the players anyway to want to <laughs> not wait it out that long and see what happens. So, yeah, I do believe it's more than enough time. OK, uh, and we'll try and ask you an easier, easy question here. Um, this is from Damon Agersberg, Agers74, who says, of the current squad... Who do you think Conte will still have around in 18 months' time? I won't ask you to list every single player, but um, I can tell you what, out of the likes of the Deli Alleys in this world, the Harry Winkses, um, is there any players that are going to surprise us and still be here in 18 months who we may have thought would have been shown the door? I don't think there'll be any surprises. I think he'll keep Sonny. I think he'll keep Skip. Um, I think... I don't, I don't know why he's playing Ben Davies a lot. I don't really like Ben Davies. I can only assume <laughs> it's because he's got a left foot and he wants but to have three centre-backs. Yeah, he doesn't play that badly in a three, to be fair. No. Um, he's better in a but three. But I, I mean, I'm the same with you. I mean, every time I watch him, I just I know what's <laughs> going to happen. And people criticise me for calling Ben Davies six out of ten. Um, I think that's, some people feel that's drastically declined to four out of ten. But I think maybe what I say, when we get another centre, another left-sided centre-back in, that might change things. But for you, there'll be yeah. no be no massive surprises. you think there'll be players that will move on in terms of this January yeah. window, possibly? I. I, maybe a surprise would be moving on Delhi. I don't. I can't really see Delhi coming back, but I could be wrong. I'd love him um, to surprise us. I would love you? him to surprise us, but I just. I don't know why I can't see it. It's really bad. I used to love Delhi. Yeah. Um. So maybe that would be a bit of a surprise, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's go to you, Ads. This is from uh, Lockman Banyu, who says. Can we expect anything from this season or should we just see this as preparation for next season? Um, we're in th we're in three cups and we're not that far off the top four. So, you know, you, you only have to win four or five games in a row and you never know where you're going to be. Like you said, you're in the quarterfinal of the cup. You've got that Europa Conference, which is an overly challenging competition. And you're in the FA Cup. So if you get to the you know, FA Cup finals in May, so he's got more than enough time. You know, the 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 third round's January, isn't it? So he's got yep. he's, he's got he's got time. So I don't I don't think it's a write off. I think, and I think just from the two games that you saw, you saw already a pattern of play and a change in in things in two days. So if you can do that in a short space of time, so basically we're gonna we're gonna finish top four and win three cups. Is, is my prediction? <laughs> we're going for the we're going for the quadruple. I mean, the ads is kicking off. Getting all out. Getting all Adam, out. It's first hat on still. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's more likely that he's not going to get away once in January or in the summer and he'll be gone. Okay. That will be, that will be oh, more Spurs like. That, that will be more Spurs like. I keep waking up, right? I keep expecting <laughs> Gary Mix in the Spurs dugout. I just keep, <laughs> I just listen to all the boys. I just keep expecting to wake up. It's all a dream. And I'm going to wake up and realize that when I'm presenting the show that we haven't got Conte, it is Gary Mix in there. We're absolutely fuming. But um, all joke aside, Ed, honestly, um, okay, you're going to come up, you're going to be on front of the season, right? Anyway, you're going to come back on. But where you see things right now, can still Spurs finish in the top four for you, Eds? They can. Yes. Will they? I think, will they? they? I think, will they? No. Okay. <laughs> At the moment, we're going to bring you back I, on. I think, look, yes. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I think, you know, I think, I think, frankly, man, you on paper are very, very, very strong. And if they put it together, they mm. are considerably stronger than us. Do we feel as long as they keep social that as long as they keep social there, we've still got yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That's why I said to somebody that on Twitter, I said, No, we don't want we want social in. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just yeah. to get a striker in 
in the yeah. in January or something as well. That cha- that might change again. Yeah. All right. Let's go to you, and for what's um, what do you think? I mean, you'll be on again for obviously out the season and stuff. But um, at the moment, as things stand, Spurs are still in all cup competitions. We are still in touching distance of the top four. What can we ultimately achieve this season? In your opinion? What what's doable? Okay, I want us to win the Carabao Cup. Every, people are people are saying I'm being negative. I'm not being negative. I'm being very, mm. you know, just thinking about Spurs and how they love. Well, and also, one of your own there is watching us, oh, Pete Hayne, Of course, Pete's coming on our show oh, very soon in the near future. The great Pete Hayne's coming <laughs> on very soon as well. So, uh, um, no, you've got to give a positive. Now, got to give a positive spin on it. <laughs> absolutely, no, no. The Carabao Cup. I think it's more. It's doable. It is doable. We can definitely win win a cup. Um, I think I don't think we're going to finish top four. I, I can't see it. I think top six. Is still is in that job. You still think we won't finish top four? Not this season. I think I think next season. Yeah, I can't I can't see it this season. I think it's a really tough ask to come in mid season and completely flip flips. You know, flip a team around. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we'll be just shy. I don't think we'll. But it also depends on what happens around us. So you just don't yeah. know because it's so unpredictable. It depends on a lot of other clubs as well. But people are other clubs are being quite solid at the moment. Um, so we'll see. But I think we'll probably just be shy of top four. Um, but maybe next season. Any chance of a cup? Any chance of a cup? We've got a chance of a I cup? I just said a Carabao Cup. Okay. Yeah, All I right. think we'll win that. I, um, well, I, I hope. <laughs> and listen, to you, listen, with Amy, I'm expecting a full clean sweep because she's the most positive person I know. And like, she's doing the next <laughs> in the stadium, so she's got a negative result, otherwise I'll take her off them. Amy, let's come to you. What, what are we going for? What Do you think top four is still achievable? What, what in your opinion, yeah. can Spurs do this season? Yeah, I think it, top four is achievable. And um, yeah, I'm going to back the team, back the manager. Yeah, definitely finishing top four and hopefully take the cup definitely. as well. <laughs> definitely. definitely. Oh, you've got to get Amy back on oh, later on in the oh, season. I, I definitely will, guys. It has, <laughs> been, it has been an absolute real pleasure. And uh, Daniel's words there, a super solid looking panel. We'll, we'll take that. And uh, we'll definitely take that. And I'll say <laughs> we'll be happy with that. Um, I've got to say a massive thank you, like I say, to, to Amy, to Adam, to Anthula. Now, these guys will be back. Um, on during the season and I hope we have still got the same manager in charge the next time we do speak which hasn't always been a guarantee um, the way it's been going with Spurs for many recent years so again to Amy to Adam to Anne, thanks so much for coming on guys we're going to be back with you very soon guys. Um, to our watching thanks, audience guys. thank you so much for tuning in uh, we are back although Spurs are on international break we are not on international break uh, we are back on Sunday bringing you another show uh, lots to come as well in the um in the tank in the in, i say in the tank definitely in the tank but like guys <laughs> most importantly as always keep safe keep well and as always come on you spurs <laughs> sports social podcast network it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.